the, the one film that I do watch every Christmas is Die Hard 2. Slow-mo, yep. loads of fire, biggest sound effects you've ever heard. <laughs> William Sadler, naked. Up the Shark podcast. I'm Ross, and here's the general grant to my John McLean. Grant. Yippee Kaye, Mr. Falcon. <laughs> That's from the TV edit. Alright. Oh, <laughs> is that the line they use, does it? And uh, for the first time ever, a guest host, here's the Colonel Stewart to our good guys, Bob. Hello. <laughs> it's very theatrical. This is our uh, Christmas edition, so expect. Uh... No, you're not getting any presents. <laughs> sleigh bells sleigh bells yeah no. sleigh balls strange strange men coming down chimneys to give you presents from their sack <laughs> I apologise for my voice I am choked up with the cold so here's the plan every week we take a film that's good up to a point and then goes too far we'll talk you through the film and point out that jump the shark moment where we feel it goes off the deep end could be five minutes in, could be five minutes from the end. As always, we looked ourselves in an ass-kicking baggage handling area <laughs> and studied the film separately, so we have no way of knowing each other's chosen shark-jumping moment. As it's Christmas, we decided to do a Christmas film, but, uh, you know, there's, there's plenty of Christmas films out there, but we decided to pick one that, you know... Unconventional? Yeah, yeah, an unconventional choice. Uh, do you want to tell them what it's got? Die Hard 2. <laughs> Bruce Willis's least favourite Die Hard film. <laughs> and he's including Die Hard 4 in that. <laughs> so, uh, this, uh, Die Hard might be some people's uh, favourite Christmas film. Uh, what's yours, Grant? It's One of a Life. Go and see it every year at the cinema. I absolutely love it. James right. Stewart, one of the best actors that's ever lived. Brilliant film, Great Show story about the tears. Uh, we went to see it one year. Do you remember that? Yeah, and when it came out, it was snowing. <laughs> that was, yeah, it was the most perfect moment I've ever had coming out of the cinema. It was one of the most homosexual moments. <laughs> <laughs> well, almost matched by the time me and Bob went shopping for Christmas gifts for girls and then watched La Caggio Falls together. <laughs> Not our most manly day. Bit of fun day. But La Caggio Falls isn't your favourite Christmas movie, so what is, Bob? The thing... It has <laughs> snow in it. Ah, going for the good old. If it's got snow in it, then it's, technically it's, it's a Christmas film. Fargo is my favourite Christmas film. <laughs> How about you, Ross? What was your chosen Christmas film moment? <laughs> I have more of. My moments have kind of put together in a whole film. Yeah. <laughs> and I think a film that everybody needs to watch at Christmas time is uh, Bad Santa. I think that is a, a brilliant anti-Christmas film. Mm-hmm. Yeah, at the same time, still strangely optimistic. I love that film. Right, so we'll get on into it. Yes. Would you like a plot summary? Yeah, go for it. John McLean is forced to battle mercenaries who seize control of an airport's communications and threaten to cause plane crashes if their demands are not met. 
John McClane is forced to battle mercenaries. Wait a minute, I've said that already. How can the same plot summary happen to the same <laughs> fucking guy twice? <laughs> you motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, this, uh, considering this is based on two separate books, it's kind of strange that they're almost identical plot lines. That's strange. Who are the, the major players in this? Director, we had to come across them sooner or later. Rennie Harlan. No, I'm not. I'm not particularly okay with Rennie Harlan. You want to fill me in here, guys? You may want to call him Rennie Harlan because that's no. his name. <laughs> what did I call him? Rennie Harlan. 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 Yeah. Although uh, cliffhanger, Deep Blue oh, Sea, yeah. Cutthroat Island. Oh yeah. And uh, a movie that I once bought for Bob for a present. <laughs> Thank you, Greg. Present in a very good. The Covenant about male witches. Did you enjoy that one, Bob? <laughs> it was hilarious. Yeah. yeah. Not a comedy. I've seen The Covenant right now. That's, that's pretty terrible. <laughs> Writers, uh, Stephen D'Souza, who gets a lot of credit for being the guy that wrote the original Die Hard. Right. Although he also wrote and directed Street Fighter. Mm. He wrote Judge Dredd. <laughs> he wrote Commando. Mm. Oh, right. <laughs> so I think the Die Hard is definitely just a one-off. And it's a good film in his career, and everything else is just like this. <laughs> but he co-wrote it with Doug Richardson, who wrote Money Train, Bad Boys. Mm. So I think he's got to shoulder some of the blame. <laughs> <laughs> so you think this is a combination of two bad writers plus one bad director. And one works. bad editor, Stuart Baird. Stuart Baird. Mm. The man who directed Star Trek Nemesis. Ah. So, yeah, that plus a lot of money... Seems to have resulted in Die Hard 2. Yeah. <laughs> Would you like some stars? Yeah, let's throw some stars at this thing. Bruce Willis. Ah, yeah. I've heard of him. Recognise him. Yeah. Familiar face. What a guy. He's <laughs> just about to do A Good Day to Die Hard. Oh, yeah, I've heard that, yeah. Yeah, so... <sighs> die Hard in a Continent, I guess, was the pitch for that one. <laughs> <laughs> I've not heard any, though. He's, he's going to Russia. He's going to Russia. Oh. <clears throat> Expendables recently. Yeah, and that's what, what's got him back into this bad action frame side. of action. <laughs> uh, but he has made some good films. Uh, Twelve Monkeys. That's a brilliant film. Terry Gilliam film. Striking Distance. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking uh, oh, <laughs> extremely yeah. inept at this point. Why are you both laughing? Oh. <laughs> it was directed by Rowdy Harrington, the director of. Roadhouse. Oh, yes. <laughs> I can see why this might be a terrible film then. <laughs> and right after Die Hard 2, Hudson Hawk, which if you've never oh. seen, is <laughs> possibly his best performance. <laughs> Bonnie Bedelia mm-hmm. played Holly McLean. Did you really. She didn't really do a lot of acting in this film, did she? Her hair did more acting. <laughs> Very 80s. She was in a film and TV series called Sordid Lives. Uh, she's in the Parenthood TV series and she was in a film called Manhood which <laughs> the lesser said yeah I, d- I didn't want to look at the plot <laughs> William Atherton mm-hmm. yes it's true this man has no career <laughs> Ghostbusters Last Samurai oh yeah listen for that one in a future episode <laughs> avid listeners <laughs> Biodome with Polly Shore oh yeah Famous. famous he's, he's a good heel, really, wasn't he? He's a good arse. Yeah. He'd just come in to the Die Hard movie to, ah, here New York is a town of pussies! <laughs> <laughs> uh, William Sadler? 
Yeah, when we're inside, though. Naked. Who, Naked. Normally. <laughs> has clothes on. Normally does appear dressed to most <laughs> Shawshank Redemption, Green Mile, so he's the made mist. some good films. Yeah, The Mist. He's in he's... most Stephen King adaptations, apparently. He's in most uh, Frank Darabont films as yeah, well, yeah. by the sounds of it. Yeah. He's making a film in 2012 called Frank the Bastard, that's what caught my eye. Even in The Shawshank Redemption, he kept his clothes on. <laughs> So we start off with a 20th Century Fox logo, the retro one. Yeah. Back in the day. I really I was really worried there was the wrong aspect ratio for my television as it was extremely stretched. Oh no, it was fine. It was just really, really old. And uh, we get snow, we get Christmas lights, music, and, the and then him dropping massive hints. You're like, not sure, but I think that Christmas tree in the background might indicate it it's might Christmas. Be, it Christmas. The camera does pan down the Christmas tree, doesn't it? Mm. It sure does. They go to some length to point out that it's Christmas. It's Randy Harlow and he doesn't do subtle. <laughs> Did you notice he's weirdly in fashion jumper? Yes, I've seen that to Grant. His fashion is actually quite good yeah. in this film. It's kind of came back around. With the exception of that one newscaster towards the end. Yeah, she was dressed very 80s. Yeah. Very 80s. With the power, power, oh, the power, power, the shoulders, power yeah. shoulders, yeah. Bruce Willis's hair, is that a comb over or plants? What do you think? I don't know. Because if there were implants, they would like, they would, they would have just left them, wouldn't they? Or would he just added to them to make himself a full head of hair? Well, I guess it's. It must be comb over there. It's maybe that you know that hair in the can stuff. Mm. That you get, that you <laughs> yeah, just, he <laughs> did have his own hairdresser. I did, yeah. He had yeah. Someone who was on set just to just do his hair. Just his follicles. I could it could have been that then. The budget was there <laughs> for his hair. <laughs> As he says, I'll only do. He saw who was all making Die Hard too, and he thought, I'll only do it if I get a personal oh, hairdresser. It could be the same hairdresser as part one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How can the same hairdresser do the same hair twice? <laughs> He's got noticeably less hair than he does in the first one. Mm. It's definitely starting to go. He's not. He's not joined the bald brotherhood yet. No. <laughs> well, he has. He just doesn't admit it. <laughs> it's not a sin, Bruce. We go quite quickly to some naked Tai Chi. Yes, <laughs> yes, we you do. You missed out our first needless swear, though. We mm. get our first needless swear when his car's getting impounded. Son of a bitch! <laughs> Said exactly that way. <laughs> Not son of a bitch. Son you, of a bitch. You know you're in a bad action movie when people elongate their swears. <laughs> son of a bitch. It's really not needed at this point, is it? We get another shot of a tree as well. When we get into the naked shot of William Sadler, we get another pan down of a Christmas tree. Yeah. <laughs> you, you wondered where I was going with that, didn't you? <laughs> you make some kind of terrible bush reference. <laughs> but there's no lights on this Christmas tree. With <laughs> <laughs> tinsel wrapped around it. <laughs> it's Christmas after. It sure is. <laughs> I really don't understand the naked Tai Chi, but I don't. Given how cold it was outside... <laughs> I've got to tell you, I saw this film in the pictures. <laughs> I've seen him rather big. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure William Sadler would <laughs> William Sadler, though, he's, he's almost too ugly to be a film star, do you not think? Like, there's something almost kind of... It's like he's so ugly, he's almost like difficult to look at. It's, it's a kind of like... He, you would think he would be really typecast, like mm. uh, Mark Boone Jr., who's in this film. 
I don't know where. I just found his name in the credits. But uh, he's he plays the same character all the time, but he works consistently, and he's not a good-looking guy at all. <laughs> What's with the dramatic TV switch-off? Like, if you're not sure that this guy is a weird guy and the fact that he's doing Tai Chi naked, then the next shot you see him pretending to shoot the TV off. Tai Chi is a weird choice, though. If you're yeah, it's not like karate or something <laughs> quick. It's like, we'll just do this nice, gentle, <laughs> flowful... I mean, you do see that he's muscly, but... On the commentary, Rennie Harlan said that he wanted them to do something kind of weird and strange to, you know, just unsettle the audience. Well done! You did it! I think just getting them naked. Yeah, getting them naked, them naked was step one. <laughs> tai Chi 2, weird switch off of the television, strike three. He's in a remote like it's a gun. Yeah. To let the audience know. He's the bad guy. He's the bad guy. I guess it's better than him using something else like a gun, though. <laughs> turn the TV off. to the TV with his hands behind his head. I'll just switch this TV off (laughs) (laughs) but when we see the other guys at this next bit I actually quite like this where you see the the bad guys marching that's a much better introduction to the bad guys yeah and you see our first shot of originally who was the head bad guy John Leguizamo was he? yeah because I noticed he was in it but I didn't know if maybe at the time he was still quite young for kind of being the main bad guy he was but they decided he would make a good like a henchman yeah because he didn't even have like any lines and then they lined him up beside the other henchman and realised he was really short yeah. <laughs> well he did have one line but it was dubbed over by someone else so obviously they had a problem with his dialogue as well also. yeah what a kick in the nuts <laughs> what a kick in the naked Tai Chi nuts <laughs> I could see why he might swear all the way through this <laughs> you know the next bit I found really funny was when Bonnie Bedelia phones John McLean from the plane <laughs> on the earphone yeah no. and they're, t- they're talking about how futuristic things are now it's the 90s <laughs> and saying that though have you ever seen anybody actually use an earphone nope I have not I've never no. I've barely seen anybody use a fax I think it would have solved a lot of problems <laughs> later if they'd used these earphones again <laughs> yeah. well we were discussing that weren't we that would be like the end of the film right there yeah. Once the terrorists took over the airport, just give them a phone and say. Just give them a phone on the phone on the airphone. <laughs> we'll talk you down. Aye. But they, they do make mention of that in the fact that they say that there's only five of the plane, five of the thirteen planes that are up there that have phones. And hers is one of them. <laughs> just give her a call. Bruce. Even just land those five planes. Yeah. I've and watched this film dozens of fa- times. The other planes follow them in at the end. So couldn't, yeah. they, couldn't they just do that? Yeah. And then he could have just <laughs> left the airport, knowing that his wife knew that there was terrorists. End of film. <laughs> you have the introduction to my least favourite character, which is the sweary old lady, and she's well, 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 with her lethal weapon too. Magazine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Did you notice that? Mm. There was a bit of what I wanted to mention before that is when see when he's on the the phone in the lobby, and like she's on the the, the, the earphone, uh, and he starts having like some saucy sex chat with her, <laughs> and, he, and he's like. Well, fair enough if it was her that was doing it to him, because then, you know, it's only going to be the old woman next to her that's going to hear. <laughs> He's in the lobby going like, whole yeah, line. yeah, and there's this guy standing right behind him trying to get on the phone, a whole row of people trying to... And you think, that's a bit CD. So get some champagne, <laughs> little room service, uh-huh. <laughs> get together, have a few laughs. <laughs>, <laughs> Yeah, it's very awkward, and then you get the awkward conversation with the old woman talking yeah. about tasing her dog as well. That's weird. <laughs> it's not just that, it's like... It's the taser's the size of a dog. <laughs> you know what I mean? And they let that on the plane? <laughs> what it lacks was security back then, they were just like, 
What are you taking in your purse there, ma'am? Oh, it's just a taser. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. <laughs> just in case there's any dogs that are misbehaving. Yeah. <laughs> just don't use it to take cold of the flight now. <laughs> you rascal. <laughs> there's a lot of exposition through TV at this point as well. Yeah, this is... There's a lot of exposition mm. at this bit. A lot of not needed exposition, which mm. comes up again later and later. Tell me again. General Esperanza and all the rest mm-hmm. of the... Mm. Yeah, because you have the General Castro. Yeah. <laughs> you also have the. Is this not around about the same part where you see Colonel Stewart and they're like, "Hey, that's Colonel Stewart," that's and they rush across to, to film him. I was saying to Grant, the airport must be absolutely massive, <laughs> but they can spot this guy in a crowd, no problem. Bruce Willis spots him. The reporter spots him. <laughs> what is he a bloody rock star or something? <laughs> and it's like if you're that wanted, if you're that yeah. like, kind of famous a guy. You're going to make sure that you don't get seen, exactly. so you're going to go through all the service tunnels and all yeah, that. Maybe disguise yourself, big hat or something. Moustache. Yeah. <laughs> you would have killed the Jim Varney cleaner guy long before that and just taken hold of those tunnels. It's really unbelievable. <laughs> uh, when we get introduced to these bad guys as well, did we not get our first over-the-top slow-mo kill with a big blood spurt? Yes, at the church. <laughs> yeah. The old man. When that, what, that old man luckily sets up that quip for the, yeah. the bad guy to yeah. kill him. <laughs> Like a piece of me, he's dying along with this church. <laughs> oh, you're right about that. <laughs> Thank God he set me up for that, otherwise, it's going to just sound really awkward. Oh, I just look like a fool. <laughs> you're right about that. What? What am I right about? <laughs> oh, no, he's going to gun him dead. What's he right about, Terence? What are you on about? <laughs> but that's, that's something that runs current through it as well the, the macho bullshit. The line delivery. It's absolutely fantastic. Well, it's you, get that, you get that bullshit line delivery crossed with exposition there as well. Aye, though. Aye. That was the colonel. He is in position. How is the weather? <laughs> Bruce Willis notices the bad guys. Mm-hmm. Like, Sorry, again, his, his powers of perception are amazing. <laughs> it's because he's Bruce Willis. He is. He's pretty fam- damn fucking impressive. <laughs> Unnecessary swear on the podcast number one. <laughs> I've just I've watched that her too so recently I just can't help but swear now. <laughs> mother fuck 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 balls balls do you know like I found the henchmen really interesting in that a lot of them you can kind of were like yeah I've seen him in this film and I've mm. seen him in that film but one of the guys I didn't I didn't realise was the guy early on with the moustache that's in the the, bu- the luggage part that we're going to talk about in a minute he is John Costello and when I was looking him up on uh, IMDb he also plays the gay lover of Big Vito in uh, The Sopranos. Mm. Remember, like, the fifth mm-hmm. season or something, Big Vito runs away. Johnny... Johnny Cakes. Johnny Cakes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he plays Johnny Cakes. That was one of the few ones that you, you didn't think you recognised, and then you realised he was more famous than a lot of the other guys in the background that you were like, I think I recognise it. because yeah. when you see him again, he's got a brilliant handlebar moustache, though. Yeah. Ah, so one of the other ones you would recognise would be Robert Patrick. Yeah, yeah, from the Terminator From films. Terminator 2. Yep. And uh, the X-Files. And the X-Files. Agent, Agent Doggett. I believe so. Oh, right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, that's Another one he later <laughs> went on to guest star in The Sopranos. Yeah, yeah, he did. Did he? As an inept gambler. Was he made of metal? <laughs> he, did, he did kind of want... He had no balls in that series as well. Like, he was really painted yeah. out as a big voice of a character. Well, Major Grant wouldn't like him then. <laughs> nah. <laughs> He's all about the balls. <laughs> <laughs> The TV anchor bumps into Colonel Stewart. Such Amazing. a massive airport that manages to bump into Colonel Stewart. <laughs> Everybody does. Fuck you, you pinko bitch. <laughs> It'd be funny if that was going out live, really, wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> we'll bring you Colonel Stewart live. <laughs> oh, no, we've just forfeited money from the FCC for swearing on television. <laughs> oh, dear. 
Really though, him and all his henchmen are dressed exactly the same way. <laughs> it's also, they're needlessly shifty, aren't they? Uh, it's that bit where they go, hey, it's Colonel Stewart. And you've not been introduced to him other than I'm doing naked Tai Chi at this point. You're like, Who? who's Colonel Stewart? Is, is it one of the other guys he's wearing? I don't know. Maybe if he'd been walking through the airport naked. <laughs> <laughs> doing Tai Chi as yeah. he was going. <laughs> you would have recognised the remote, remote control in his hand. Yeah. Where's my Switching, fucking television? Switching off all the TVs. <laughs> Over dramatically. <laughs> I'd recognise those balls anywhere. Okay, enough. <laughs> we get the two guys wandering into the service area next, and uh, apparently you can just wander into <laughs> the service areas in, it's, a, it's in the, its pre nine eleven world. <laughs> I love the John McClane going in there, and he does like although he's seen the guys beforehand, and it's suspiciously the fact that they've got guns and they've got a strange package for them. When he goes in, he's just like, "Hey guys, you wandered into the wrong area." He's not like, oh, by the way, I'm pretty sure these guys are shifty. I'll check them out first. He's just like, hey, guys, you can't come in here. Can't come in here. You've got to get out. <laughs> and they make it so obvious they're going to reach for their guns by yeah. turning around. <laughs> and he does, he does that. He just runs away. He yeah. just ducks for cover. There's no way Rennie Harlan could miss the opportunity to have a fight in an area with steam and <laughs> levers and things like that, though. Conveyor belt. Noise. Yeah. Just noise. And there's nobody working there. No, yeah. All those bags. Empty. <laughs> And nobody there. That's only 14 minutes in as well. Mm-hmm. They start in this big, massive fight scene. Just shoot him. Instead of making their overdramatic turnarounds and having a, a dialogue with him, just shoot him. <laughs> <laughs> we also get, like, the, this is the start of, we'll put him on the back foot by under-equipping him. Mm-hmm. So, like, he gets his gun knocked out of his hand first, has to pick up a golf club. In fairness, he was pretty badass with some deodorant. <laughs> Luckily, he found a tin of deodorant out of that case. Yeah. <laughs> if he'd opened it and it had just been filled yeah. with somebody's holiday clothes, nothing else, <laughs> he would have been in trouble. Ah, throwing jerseys at the guy. <laughs> well, that's what we were saying earlier. It was like someone had a naked gun. Well, naked gun too. Yeah. using the hairdryer. <laughs> <laughs> it really was quite funny. <laughs> he's, he's, he's barely scratched to after this fight, even though he's been headbutting the guy to death. Yeah. <laughs> Although, my favourite bit was where he chased the guy down on a bicycle. <laughs> <laughs> why why even use a bicycle just run run after the guy apparently does speed enough that when he jumps off he can floor the guy to the ground he's not even riding the bike he's just on the side of it yeah. like a, a big like, lady great little E.T. reference <laughs> it'd been great if uh, he'd had the wee janitor with him at this point the janitor would be sitting in the basket at the front <laughs> that would have made, oh, made it better quite a gruesome death that, one, that guy with the moustache he got his neck crushed didn't yeah he? overly gruesome but then that's Rennie Harlan he's a master of that this is when we see the ketchup blood as well oh the blood packs and ter- yeah. terribly bad blood packs mm-hmm. that they're using for it I think Bruce Willis really likes it when he gets his eyebrow cut too because he always has that when he's in a film doesn't yeah. he yeah. It's the kind of boxer look about him doesn't he I'll get cut but only in my eyebrow <laughs> not a beautiful face then it's we're back up onto the plane don't yeah we? with William Atherton yeah. Yes, it's true. This man has no first class seat. <laughs> I've got about another fifty of these, Ross. I'm sorry. <laughs> he's, uh, he's a good. He's a good bad guy. He's a good he? foil. He definitely is. Yeah. He, he plays that character well. I don't believe that Bonnie Bedelia could have assaulted him though, unless she tangled him up in her hair and like thrown <laughs> him about like a wrestler. <laughs> she does look like an eighties pop star, doesn't she? Mm-hmm. But this was the 90s, Ross. This was yeah, the time right. of air faxes and air, air phones <laughs> and faxes and 
<laughs> what I love about that is that it's only 1990. <laughs> you know, it's not. It's hardly the 90s. It's 1990. <laughs> Presumably filmed in 1989. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, to be ready for summer 1990. <laughs> Clearly, by her hair, it was not 1990. <laughs> William Sadler then has the opportunity to kill his own guy, the black guy that escaped That's right. yep. from Bruce Willis, to come up and say, this guy's really strong, he's an all-American hero, William Sadler. <laughs> and I actually think he should have killed him at this bit, just to show that the bad guy had some power behind him. Yeah, and was a real bad guy, as yeah. opposed to just like... A naked Tai Chi man. Yeah, no, no. But we do, you do kind of get that repeated again and again, with the, he, he does crash a plane, but... Then you know he says you know keep it fine and we won't do any of that. So he does seem to be like a a democratic sort of bad guy in the fact that he doesn't want to kill anybody, but if you don't give him what he wants, he will kill everybody. As opposed to just killing people willy nilly to just show he's in charge. So I suppose in line with his character, he probably shouldn't have killed him. He's a bad guy, but not that bad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what a sweetheart. <laughs> <laughs> the next bit is Dennis Franz, Mister Arsehole yeah. Shirty Cop. <laughs> The guy from NYPD Blues. NYPD Blues. Yeah. He calls him a lace cannon. <laughs> <laughs> as soon as he goes into the office, it is like it something is. from Naked Gun, where it's you're like, oh, of course, who else could they have cast as that guy? They seem to have a... Yeah. I was saying that to Grant earlier, the, the, the office that he's in, it's actually like a police station. <laughs> you know? It, it, it's huge. <laughs> For it just being like Sky Cops. Ah, Sky like, Cops. There should be like, what, six of them? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was just amazed... At the amount of times they could fit the word fuck into one sentence. Though. There was 20 seconds of sheer fuck, motherfuck, <laughs> to hell you, kiss my ass, and, and all this business. And weirdly, one freaking as well. <laughs> a freaking. When Bruce Willis comes out the door, though, he calls him a fat fuck. That was a bit of order. After all he'd said before it, yeah. it was unneeded. Fat fuck. <laughs> and he gets a mega close-up for it as well, doesn't he? Yeah. Is that the... That's just it's, after it's the making bit. his character a bit unlikable, though. That's the... It's supposed to rise above that a little bit, isn't it? <laughs> Is that the lead in your ass? Lead in your ass and or shit in your shit brain. Shit in your brain, see? Uh, I don't think he understands how a metal detector works. <laughs> 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 Only one of those two things would set off a metal detector. He barely understands earphones, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> it is the 90s, after. <laughs> it is the 90s. <laughs> then it goes to the plane. This was one that really annoyed me. Like, it's, it's a plane that's got a, a war criminal on it, and they're escorting it to the USA. Mm. Now... Are we going to go bother to fly all the way in with the plane? No, no, we'll just leave it before it even gets to the USA because the pilots say to each other, oh, we'll be fine from here to the USA. Like, maybe not. <laughs> There's a reason they got added convoy all the way there. You might as well just keep going the rest of the distance. Well, Bruce Willis does take fingerprints off a dead corpse <laughs> and then make a joke about the dead corpse, though. What a hero. <laughs> what an all-American hero. Yeah. What a guy. So this guy... We're He's fucking awesome. He hates fat guys. <laughs> he makes fun about the dead people. Yep. He's, he's not really the same... He's not the ...lovable same. John McLean that we liked no. in the first one, was it? Although they try and bring a bit of that back by having him phone Powell. And your first introduction yeah. to Powell is a shot of some Twinkies. Yeah. Which then goes up to Phil. <laughs> fat fuck. <laughs> <laughs> The first line is take that twinkie out of your mouth, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> what a bastard. <laughs> I'm surprised he's got any friends. <laughs> take that twinkie out of your mouth, you fat fuck. It's John McLean. Good, good friend. Good see why his wife left him in the first one. <laughs> well, honey, you shouldn't have eaten that twinkie, you fat bitch. 
You've got to love Apple, don't you? I love, I love, I love Apple. It was short-changed in this film, yeah. I think. I, think I love the 90s. Fax machines, earphones, Twinkies. Alpal. <laughs> <laughs> Can someone explain the note I took at this bit, which is pissing in someone's pool? That was on the phone yeah. to Alpal. What does are you it pissing say? in somebody else's pool? Are you, you're not pissing yeah. in somebody's pool, are you? <laughs> yeah, and I'm fresh out of chlorine. <laughs> <laughs> what <guess>. a quip. <laughs> Sometimes he has chlorine in his bladder. (laughs) (laughs) Then we have the the staff member who fancies Bruce Willis. This is a rolly, like terrible quips with the just the facts, man. Just Just the facts. facts. (laughs) Lovely showing off the wedding ring. Bruce Willis is taking love. (laughs) (laughs) It's not even as if you can say the music's great at this point because they make a terrible. <laughs> he shows him the wedding ring. Surprised he doesn't have like one of those, you know, they, they could do a gleam on his teeth. Yeah. <laughs> oh. He gets recognised by the reporter. She's pretty good with recognising these faces, isn't she? She recognised McLean right away. I would, well. I would hire her, like. <laughs> she's, a, she's a bloodhound. She's pretty good at this. But we do get our first introduction to. Fred Thompson here, who's the the kind of airport administrator guy, mm-hmm. gets in control of everything. Can you just walk into a, a t- an air tower <laughs> yeah. like Bruce Willis does <laughs> and get himself a drink? This will seem he's going in a cup. <laughs> so now he's ordered someone to get him a drink while he's up there. <laughs> he obviously looks that imposing, but I really like Fred Thompson. I thought, like, in terms of performances, the way through it, he was convincing. In his role, like there was mm-hmm. never any points that you thought, oh, that's phony," or he used a really like rubbishy line, or he swore inappropriately. Like the only kind of joke that he really made is like when they first meet him, when they're arguing about how serious it is, and he says, "Yeah, that that's what they said about the last cholesterol test." But what they're arguing about is the fact that John McLean's from LA, not New York, and doesn't have any jurisdiction there. Mm-hmm. What's that got to do with his cholesterol test? <laughs> it's another one of those. Only lead in your lead in your shit or whatever it was. Ass in your brain. Yeah, yeah. I don't think he really understands how cholesterol tests work. I think they let Bruce Willis do lots and lots of ad libbing, but they didn't care to think about where the lines made sense. Really, did they? <laughs> where they were going. If he says it's short and spiky enough, that'll do. It'll sound like a quip. This is the bit where John Leguizamo, where he speaks, the camera cuts away from him right away, and it's someone else overdubbing him with an American accent. <laughs> I guess it makes sense if they've dubbed him over American accent if it's supposed to be an American group of soldiers, though. Yeah. But I mean, he doesn't but talk that. It didn't stop Arnie and no, Predator, though, I no, guess. No, no. Well, I was saying to Grant that Rennie Harlan, apparently, in Nightmare 4, had asked uh, a black actress to speak more black. You know? <laughs> I'd seen that in the, in the documentary. And uh, <laughs> nobody has the balls. He denies it, but she's like, no, no, he definitely did ask me that. <laughs> So I well believe he said that about John. Oh no, I can't understand. I can't understand his accent. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird that the authorities are so reticent to believe McLean when he has all this proof that he's handing to them and showing them on a plate. This is what's happening. That's the other thing. Like, how does he know that a siege is starting? Like, we understand, like, that it's a diehard film and you know it's, like, about a siege on a place, usually. So, like, the first mm-hmm. one was a siege on the tower, the second one, you, you kind of have worked out by this point as the viewer that it's going to be a siege on the, the airport. But a siege there's on your nothing, case buds. Yeah. There's nothing that kind of tells John McLean at this point that there's anything more than a couple of dodgy guys hanging about. It's because he's been through it before, <laughs> motherfucker! It's true, yeah. It's the same thing happening to the same, same guy. The same guy twice. <laughs> Open your fucking brain, Ross. <laughs> you fat it's the, <laughs> it's the lead in my ass. Jesus. <laughs> That's the shit in your brains, actually. 
what I love is the moment the reporter comes into the tower. It's like, where's the fucking security? The reporter's here now. Who else is coming in? Jim Varney, the cleaner guy. <laughs> the old lady, I'm here to taser you. <laughs> Wait a minute, aren't you on a plane? Oh, yeah, that's <laughs> it. Then we have John McLean in the basement. Like, he, he gets out of the lift and he goes way down to the basement. I don't know how he got past the elevator to get to the basement because the last time we saw him he was climbing up <laughs> I said that same up, up goes down yeah, yeah. and then uh, he starts yeah. narrating to himself he's just like hey, blah 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 blah. I tell him the same. Mm. who are you talking to John he's they're trying to emulate what they did in the first film yeah really badly yeah because in the first film it was kind of quietly it was to mm. himself and he was making a joke to himself whereas this one you're like what? you're just describing plot here <laughs> is this not the first time he says that in fact, the only time he says that, how can the same thing happen yeah. to the same guy twice? This is it. This is the bit. The bad guys are in the church at this point as well. And so the neighbours to this church, because it's in a suburban area, mm-hmm. can hear chainsaws, they can hear gunshots. They're like, what the hell's going on at that church? Electricity cables get thrown <laughs> left, right and centre, the size of tree trunks. <laughs> but presumably their electricity are getting cut off as well. Uh, well, you would think so. Hey, we can't hear anything because we've got no TVs. Can you hear that chainsaw and those gunshots? <laughs> Maybe there's like cut scenes of just a pile of bodies or <laughs> the neighbours coming to investigate. <laughs> Blood packs <laughs> spurting everywhere. But we noticed the Rennie Harlan motif here, didn't we? When he's on the phone to them. Aye. And what's that? Man in jumper mm-hmm. stand next to church windows. There's a similar <laughs> shot in Nightmare 4. In a church, Freddy Krueger, same stands... As Colonel Stewart <laughs> against a, a huge window with light coming in, and I swear it's the same shot. He, he's wearing a lovely Christmas jumper in this scene. Yeah. Sadler. I think maybe someone was like, "You're going to catch your death in a naked Tai Chi humpless jumper." <laughs> it's only it's only a Christmas one though. It's the only one we could find. <laughs> I think they could have filmed the two scenes side by side. They just moved Robert England out and moved Robert <laughs> Sadler in, <laughs> saved themselves some money. Do you remember in the first film? When Alan Rickman, who's a much better bad guy, I think we should mention that. Oh yeah, definitely. When William Alan, when Will <laughs> William Alan, to give him his full name. <laughs> Not even the person I'm talking about, neither. <laughs> when Mark, when he meets Marvin, yeah. Like, don't you think John McClane, if he's learned his lessons for the past, would be more suspicious of Marvin because Alan Rickman pretended to be on his side before where he's like come on Marvin I trust you you could look kind of like Jim Varney (laughs) Marvin the mild manner janitor kind of simple who I must point out is a janitor who lives in the basement of the steamiest rooms I've ever seen (laughs) and yet he's done up in jerseys huge jumpers coats he must be roasting down there he never catches a cold (laughs) he's sure he doesn't he here we get the British plane don't we the Windsor. <laughs> the Windsor. All right, Governor. All right, Governor. Would you like some steak and kidney pie with your British Royal card? We just like British Royal. Like Colmini as well. One of the things I know about Colmini is one day at university, I didn't bother going to my classes because I was too busy looking at what Colmini had done on the IMDb because <laughs> I've been worried about it on the way in. Worried? You've been worried, worried about, about, about what Colmini was I don't know if he's had a good enough career to sustain him. <laughs> Keeps me awake at night. Apparently it has, you know. Poor Colmini. I, I really like the film called uh, The Chip Van. 
He was in it. So it was an Irish film. Really good. Too. Two brothers. It's no, called it was the Van, but yeah. The Van. Oh, sorry. Van. Yeah, about sorry. a chip van, right? <laughs> it's a really good film. He swears a lot yeah. in that film. That, that seems to be what he's best at in these Irish films. Mm-hmm. It was it was quite a difference because the only thing I'd seen him in before that was as O'Brien from Star Trek. And the commitments. No, no, but no, I was only. He plays the same sort of character. Time, maybe. Same character and commitments. <laughs> so basically. right at this time in their career, though, you're thinking Bruce Willis coming off Die Hard, going into Die Hard Two, just about to make Hudson Hawk. We've got Rennie Harlan, just about to. Well, he's editing this and the Adventures of Ford Fairlane at the same time, which yeah. is an absolutely terrible film. Unfucking believable. Oh, how could you say that about my film? Oh. <laughs> I'm so dirty. <laughs> You're so ashamed. Yep, I'm sure all the kids will get that reference. <laughs> Do you get that reference? No, no. <laughs> I'm going to say there's only five years here and I'm lost. It's not even worth think, looking up yeah, to find out. Even at the time, people in this country were yeah, most misogynistic pig of a man. Andrew Dice Clay. So, this is the bit where the SWAT team shows up. Yeah. The, the prep piss poor SWAT team. What do I look like to you? Hey, asshole. <laughs> what do I look like to you? A sitting duck. <laughs> what a dick. <laughs> to be even honest, even if that wasn't a henchman, he decided, if I'd been that cleaner guy, I think I might have shot something back they're, at him anyway. They're walking into what is obviously a bottleneck situation. <laughs> Any fool could see that. It's plain to see. It's written on the on the schematics. With some of the worst painters and decorators I've ever seen. They're the shiftiest people. <laughs> the, the most muscly painters I've ever seen. This is where it starts becoming really unlike the first one with the bad action movie motifs that you just were missing from Die Hard and made mm. Die Hard a much Cheesy better dialogue. Film. And also you didn't get this slow motion and everyone falling through glass. Well, like you seem to get in this film. I mean, you compare that to the where the police attempt to retake Nakatomi with a big Send in the big ramrod yeah. in the car. Yeah, and the, the reason that the bad guys win is because although they're like lesser numbers, they've already thought this stuff through. Mm-hmm. But instead, this is like painted as like an ambush. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. oh no, we're dressed up as painters and decorators, not just oh we've got you in a bottleneck now we're gonna squeeze over. And who comes to the rescue as the cavalry? Bruce Willis. Bruce. After everyone but one has been shot. <laughs> he hates it when he's right. <laughs> so he just hung back, he hung back for a little bit. To make sure they all got killed to teach them a lesson. <laughs> How much did they get taken out like within you know a couple of seconds and then he shows up, gets shot at millions of times and still manages to take them all out. But what's his secret? Rolling across the floor. <laughs> That's what they should have done. <laughs> foolish SWAT team. But uh, I mean, he spends more the time on the floor than he does any place <laughs> else. Even when he's, oh, oh, I can't be bothered even getting my gun. I'll just use this escalator to get this gun. <laughs> That's why he survives. He rolls about the floor. The fact that they make him roll in slow motion makes it even stupider. <laughs> it's absolutely ridiculous. It's when you see it in normal speed, you see how stupid it looks. You think maybe that was why they did it in slow motion. <laughs> You get my favourite line of the film here, though. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to kick your fucking ass. <laughs> it's one of the, the bad guys, isn't it? Yeah. It, it, reminds me that, line. it reminds me of that line from The Good, The Bad and The Ugly, though. When The Ugly's in the bath, and the guy comes in and he's talking about why he's going to kill him, and then The Ugly shoots him and says, Don't talk! Shoot! <laughs> if he hadn't said that line, he could have just killed McLean. Yeah. 
And it could have been several steps closer. Instead of running at McLean and trying to get the gun off him, just shoot him. Well, I think he, does he not run out of bullets? That's why he decides to go yeah, towards him and him. kick his ass. But he could have jumped over <laughs> the barrier and got away from John McLean shooting at him. Yeah, you know. But there's a bit he's still pinned to the ground. There's a bit in the first film where the, the terrorist tells him, if you know, if you want to shoot somebody, just shoot them. Don't talk. Mm. And he does. <laughs> and this is like the reverse of that. Mm-hmm. I'm a terrorist. I'm going to talk. <laughs> More glass breaking. Loads of glass. Glass, 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 glass. The two bills that I wouldn't have liked to receive as an executive for this film would have been the glass bill and the potato snowflake bill. Mm -hmm. Because the amount of potato snowflakes they use in this film. I think the steam machine bill. Yeah, 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 right, that would have been quite high as well. How much for water? And we just turned it into steam? (laughs) Jesus Christ. When are they going to invent CG? (laughs) We're getting some... Sparkling banter here, though, aren't we? When we cut back to the plane. Pip pip, top top, <laughs> British Rail, and all that, dear. That's <laughs> the bit where it cuts inside to the. It's an, another one of those things, like the lead in your ass line. It doesn't make any sense when they're like, don't worry, dear, we're like British Rail, we'll get there on time. What? <laughs> yeah, it's a line written by somebody who doesn't live in Britain, that one, <laughs> We're just like British Rail. We might not well, get you there in time, but we'll get you there. On a yeah, bus. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> on so, a replacement bus service. <laughs> we're just going to land the plane, love, so we can get you on a bus. <laughs> Satirical. <laughs> but you were talking about Bonnie Bedelia? Yeah, it cuts, but like after we get go to the plane, and before we get the action with the plane going in for the crash, we get another pointless filler scene with Bonnie Bedelia. Yeah. And the old lady? And no, it's this is William Atherton, and they're talking about the restraining order. Mm. And she gets some champagne, and she's like, hmm, he's looking a bit shifty over there, sitting doing nothing. <laughs> because he is, that's all he is doing at this point. Doing absolutely And then it just cuts away again. Yep. Pointless. Filler. <laughs> or as uh, Bruce Willis would have said, chuffle. There's someone in this film who desperately needs a shit, is <laughs> Yes, there is. And who is it? Dennis Fries. Yeah. Every, I mean, he's either needing a shit or he's got piles. Because <laughs> that is one angry little fat fuck. I think he had that from the whole of NYPD Blue. Yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's basically his character. This is a bit where Willis starts to go with the bad guy. Can't you do something more impressive than that? And the bad guy's like, yeah, okay, I'll, I'll destroy a plane. How do you like them apples, Willis? I'll what show are you, you talking about, Willis? I'll show you a lesson too. Lesson two is killing a plane load of people. <laughs> so technically, his fault. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So he let those SWAT team guys die, and he let that plane full of people die by mm-hmm. goading the bad guy. So why are we liking this guy? Is you know? <laughs> well, we get this next bit where he's going away, and the guy with the moustache is saying to him, "Good luck, McLean." He's like, "Yeah, he's a fucking all-American hero, isn't he?" <laughs> <laughs> this plane full of admittedly not Americans are going to crash that's probably how they <laughs> didn't really care over there yeah. Yeah. let's kill the British well, there, there was something in this that I really liked whether it was by chance coincidence or a second unit director I don't know see the scenes where he's running out into the the darkened airfield and you can kind of just see the snow and he's running away out by himself and he's got the torches and stuff and he's waving them mm-hmm. I really liked that I thought yeah. as I've seen like you saw that one guy going out mm-hmm. and it was kind of like what Die Hard was, which was the the one guy against all odds, and he gets but blown he was, over by the plane, which is yeah, and he was the guy that was willing to go and do it. That's because Ross, he's the only guy that can go and do it. No one's doing a fucking thing, <laughs> Bruce Willis, because they're all fat fucks. They're all fat fucks. He's the only guy who can do anything. What a fucking hero! It might have had more impact if they had killed his wife, though. Do you not think? Because. <sighs> 
the guy mm. knows who McLean is, so he could have worked out which plane he was there for, really, couldn't he? Yeah. They, well, I mean, they, do, they do that, that. That's what they do in the first one. The first one. Is the workout mm. that one of the people there is his wife. Yeah. It's I mean, just, it's they're the maybe trying to not have it as close to as the first one. When did this did this come out for Christmas? Did no, it was a summer it? film. I remember going to see it That's in the really summer, weird. and <laughs> snows on the screen, and you're like, "What the <laughs> fuck is this? <laughs> it's the middle of summer." Because when you were saying like about it, it would have made sense if they had killed his wife. It would have said that it would dramatically. Have, yeah, uh, that's fair enough. If it if it did come out as a summer film, which it did, which is <laughs> null and voids my point, which is that if it was coming out at Christmas, this would have maybe been. Try to be a feel good film sort of thing. Well, it's try to be a feel good wins. summer action film, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which Die Hard is less of. Again, this is another place where it deviates from it. Mm. But he feels guilty now, and with good reason. <laughs> Two hundred people dead. <laughs> Thanks, Bruce. So, are you buying William Atherton some aftershaving mouthwash for Christmas? <laughs> Comedy. Yeah. Comedy gold. <laughs> Terrible this thing. is another bit where you're thinking, oh, you know, we were talking about the taser earlier. Mm-hmm. When you see William Atherton's sound guy, his microphone looks like a bomb. And it yeah. beeps like a bomb as well. Like, well, it beats like a bomb from a film, anyway. Could not believe how big that bloody thing was. <laughs> There's no way they've let that on a plane. In a post-9-11 world, this is quite uncomfortable, to be honest. In a pre-9-11 world, that should never have got on a plane. <laughs> yeah, because they had, they had a lot of bombings and that around the 90s was it not like the Unabomber and everything was was around about then 90s early 90s yeah no. but they must have had a couple of like you know they had hijackings Mm -hmm. before that oh they did and especially the taser the taser would never have gotten on that's the one that you can it was the size of a bag (laughs) she's only an old lady it's not as if someone could overpower her and take that off her or anything (laughs) you wouldn't want to she'd taser you (laughs) (laughs) only if you're hairy what are you saying, like? <laughs> I'm saying she would taser you. <laughs> I'd get tasered just because I'm a hair deal. Yeah, yeah, see. He looks like a big furry dog. I'm going to taser him. <laughs> oh, poor thing. Limped for a week. <laughs> <laughs> the bit where he's on, on the ground waving down the plane, I really don't like because of who points. There's the great bit where the guy's looking at him and he's like, it's McLean through the binoculars. And you're like, Fuck, those are some good binoculars. <laughs> Considering he must have been facing the plane, which would have been coming in. So his back would have been to the, the rest of the runway and the rest of the control tower. Those are some awesome binoculars. Who but then when he does fall on the ground and he gets knocked over by the plane, then that's the first time you really see a lot of the... like. It's not snow. It's mm. so far off snow. And it's like lying on his face. And you know, it's Who else could it have been, though, Ross? He's a fucking all-American yeah, fucking hero. He's an all-American hero. He's a loose cannon. I was saying, Grant, those rods that he was using as the torches yeah. are made of metal. <laughs> they must be frozen solid for his hands. He came Surely. in with them still attached. Yeah. Surely. If this had, like, as an example, if this had been the first film, those rods would have been frozen to his hands. Yeah, and you would have seen of them. Ah, he would be in the rain and yeah, agony. Yeah, yeah. There were several points that I kind of did think Stop complaining, McLean. You've got shoes on. <laughs> Shoots the glass. <laughs> and Rennie Harlan did. Every two seconds. Yeah. When when a plane full of people crash, you know, and you're laughing because they're the really bad reaction of the passengers. Ah! <laughs> that's not really a good sign for your film. 
And then they were right in saying that most of the bodies seem to be, have been incinerated on impact, like a lot of the 9-11 crashes. Apart from a doll. Well, one doll <laughs> to remind you there was a child on yeah. board. <laughs> yeah, for making the tragedy worse somehow. <laughs> yep, he killed children. Janet are the wacky side characters back though, because Bruce Willis is going to get some fucking glass and listen at the door. It's <laughs> <That's laughs> one of my favourite bits of needless words. A fucking glass and listen at the door. If I have to. <laughs> Am I right in saying this is where the army crew arrives? Or is that a wee bit further back? No, it's a wee bit further back because he finds, this the, bit, finds the radio here. Yeah, this, yeah, he finds the radio and That's right, yeah. the crew on the ground work out a way to contact the planes through the emergency channel. At this point, Surely if they just brought all the planes down and talked them through getting down, mm. what power would the bad guys have? Because they've got the control of the lights. But the bad guys also, you know, they, you were showing them to- talking the planes down with their computer screen. Yeah. So it's possible to do that purely by computer screen. So why couldn't they just bring all the planes down, contact them all, say, okay, you're next, you're next, you're next? Yeah. There must have been some technical reason that some... Continuity person thought up. Set it on autopilot. Yeah. Flick that switch. <laughs> yeah. Inflate that autopilot. <laughs> That's a good impression. <laughs> Major Grant shows up at this pool. Yeah. He's got some balls. <laughs> he does say that. You showed some balls out there, McLean. <laughs> Did he? He has one of my. I must have missed favorite. that one. <laughs> must have been cold. <laughs> General Grant has one of my favourite lines in the whole film. I will leave till later on. It's just amazing. <laughs> I, I, I'm surprised that you picked I'm going to kick your fucking ass over this line. It's amazing. It's, well, to be honest, there's quite a few lines. <laughs> you're a loose cannon, McLean. <laughs> cheese all over this You're one. a maverick, maverick. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it, stop being such a maverick, maverick. <laughs> Is this plan the easiest way to get the general as well? <laughs> it's all to do with getting one man. Yeah. They have a team of two teams of SWAT guys. Wouldn't it be easier to just wait till he's on the ground in this really poorly run security-wise <laughs> airport? I mean, they're ex-marine, ex-commandos, whatever mm. they are. There must be some easier way. Surely there's an easier way. Wait till the plane lands, cause a distraction, then go in, take the general and go. Yeah. Smash and grab. <laughs> when they kill the next guy to die, you see brains flying. And did, What rating was this when you see it, Bob? Fifteen. <laughs> at the cinema and it looks like it's a Pruder film yeah it's horrible they have added more into it there was gore cut out for the 15 uh, I think the Americans got the harsher cut but still rated an R across there which is yeah. I guess our equivalent to 15 <laughs> I'm running after the bad guys I've got to stop smoking cigarettes <laughs> it's a nice little nod there <laughs> Okay, okay, I'll stop smoking cigarettes on screen. Because it's the 90s. It does all the way through the film. Yeah. The close-up of wheels and eyes here as Mm -hmm. the plane's coming in to nearly run him over. That's tension, Grant. Tension. (laughs) Tension not very well done without enough of an establishing shot to let you see how close they are in relation to each other. Because it's just a wheel with a camera behind it. (laughs) They couldn't afford the rest of the plane. (laughs) I liked the uh, I liked the scene kind of preceding that where uh, you see this a political prisoner coming in on a on an army plane from this other company this other country. You think, all right, so this is a political prisoner. So you think you compare him to somebody in modern day who they managed to catch, you know, like Saddam Hussein or that. He's going on trial for something a war of sermon. How many guards did they put on the plane? There's two in the back. I think this is one, isn't there? One in the back because he offers them. He, he gets a light off. Yeah. 
And in the next scene, you see that guard, he's getting strangled to death. <laughs> two pilots. And then there's the two pilots. And he, he shoots one. And instead of, instead of suffering from extreme uh, cabin depressurization mm. and really struggling to land the plane, he's just got like a nice breeze coming in. In the blizzard. <laughs> With some nice wind just blowing a little bit. Of, a little bit of snow in the window. The worst conditions <laughs> this city's ever seen. <laughs> yeah, and talk about your fake snow. It's blowing in. It's all over his. It's, 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 panels. It's not mean, melting it's at not all. Melting at all. <laughs> the panels are fine. Dry as you like, and he lands. <laughs> it's later on when he does land, and you see him like I don't know putting on the parking brake or something, and uh, he goes to reach down to some instrument panels, and it's just covered in snow. But it's ah. just, he knocks loads of it off <laughs> with his hand. It's just like dust. Why don't you stay in your seat until the plane reaches the terminal? So, yeah, this. Where does John McClane come across all these bullets as well? Mm. Like, if you're thinking he's got the holster, which you've seen earlier on, mm-hmm. and he's got the gun on one side, and he's got, say, maybe at the most two clips on the other side. Think how many clips he's used so far. Who's giving him bullets? Because it's not simple whips when he gets back to the thing, because he thinks he's a loose cannon. He's so he's not going to go, here's more bullets, by the way, McLean, for when you go back out again. Give me more bullets, you fat fuck. <laughs> <laughs> You're a loose cannon, McLean, I'm not giving you bullets. <laughs> Well, he just walks about the airport freely. Maybe yeah. just walks into the weapon storage, picks up a couple of clips every now and again. Because this is the nineties. It's the nineties. faxes, clips of ammo lying around. Yeah. It must just be like the old Die Hard trilogy game, though. Oh, I was waiting for somebody to mention that. I love yeah. that game. There's just clips lying around for you to pick up. <laughs> I never understood why there was an explosive shotgun in that game because there's not an explosive shotgun in any of the films it's an excuse to watch somebody go boom <laughs> I really like that game though and you compare it to this film you think I actually prefer, prefer the, the game, game. <laughs> prefer the game it's because you're doing the shooting yeah yeah and where Bruce Willis needed ten bullets you just use one <laughs> Bruce Willis is on the plane and the, the bad guys come along and shoot all the cockpit up that's right, yeah. How does he live through this? There is a viable way that he could have done, and this is what I thought was coming, because I've not seen this film in years, so I couldn't really remember a huge amount of it, and the guy that's dead, the pilot that's dead lying next to him, I thought he was going to, because he's lying down next to him, I thought he was going to pull him over him, mm-hmm. and kind of use him as like a human shield because he's dead now, but then that never happened, and I got to the same point that you just got where I was like, You'd already how, abused how one corpse, <laughs> you know? Yeah, what, what, it wasn't going to be a far jump from it. Might as well, one. <laughs> might as well abuse another. This next effect is dated really badly, though, where he goes in the ejector seat and oh. comes up to look at that. It's dated very poorly. Yeah. I'm going to tell you now, it was dated even back then. <laughs> <laughs> Worse on a huge screen, I can tell how, you. How long are the fuses on those grenades? I know. <laughs> it takes a minute to the find first the one seat, Yeah, fair enough. Then they threw, like, umpteen in after it. Surely the first one would probably be exploding by the time the last one went in. Then, like you say, he fights to get his seatbelt on, clips it on, then pulls the ejector seat. And it's not like they're running away either. They're just standing there going, oh, let's throw these in. Oh, when are they going to explode? You'd think they'd be running, like... We've got such detail as well, like, how many grenades have you got? Three, Three. each. Use them all. <laughs> What's the point? No, keep them, you might one, need them. One grenade. They're in the army, they know how much one grenade can blow up. Yeah. A whole plane. <laughs> Oh, let's just go over the top. Overkill, why not? That's Rennie Harlan. <laughs> it's his directorial style. Overkill. He likes to blow things up. Everything he uses, every set, he's got to blow up. <laughs> if I had to choose a least funny and my least favourite quip of the film, it would be the one when he comes down in the parachute and he's like, where's the fucking door? <laughs> That's a pretty terrible line, isn't it? 
I didn't even realise that's what I had to rewind it because I thought that's that's not what I thought I heard. It was ADR in as well. You can tell it's been ADR down. So that means they thought of it later and decided to put it in. No, they thought of about 20 of them later (laughs) and then put in what they thought was the best one. But then we've got my favourite line in the film coming up next when they eventually get back into the airport and they're talking about how they're going to attack the this plan to get the guy. It's like a sports talk. Yeah, yeah. it's like the team talk before the, the big game. But uh, Colonel, uh, the Colonel Grant, Major, Grant. Major, Grant. Major Grant, Major Grant says, "Our job is to jerk off that cocksucker until he takes off." <laughs> we, did, we did laugh at that. Didn't we? Who says action films are homoerotic? <laughs> they jerk off quite a lot because there's another jerk off line later on. <laughs> it's like jerk off that cocksucker. I don't think he understands the meaning of those words. <laughs> well, he knows them better than anybody, apparently, we find out later in the film. Yeah. So, you know. Maybe that was a little clue that we were meant to pick uh-huh. up on. He knows he's a cocksucker. <laughs> he was naked at the beginning, maybe waiting no, for Major Grant. Maybe that was yeah. Maybe that's the mysterious underplan that we've never known. <laughs> They go to their last possibility, which is the old church. Mm-hmm. Of course, it's the last it's possibility. The last one. It's not like you're never going to go on an action film. Oh, it was the third house we went into. <laughs> it's really funny that bit though, where he says, "Oh, the guy's walking over his own footsteps," Aye. and he's about half a mile away. He can only see him from the waist up, over the fence. <laughs> the fence is in his way that he can't see past. It's not as if the guy's looking down either, yeah, going, no, oh, I'm making sure I'm getting in the same footsteps. Yeah. <laughs> so again, there's a bit where a bad guy jumps on McLean. Shoot him. <laughs> Shoot him. In the head. Dead. Straight away. That's it done. But instead, what did he use as a, a weapon? A knife-sicle. <laughs> a knife-sicle. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I'd known you had that pun and I'd say it for but again, there was no quip after it. They, nah. they, they just totally ruined that. They could have and said, that's... you know, you need an ice pack for your eye or something like that. <laughs> you, know. you got something in your eye. <laughs> you know. That was one of those oh, points that... Lumbo. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> that was one of those points that you totally thought, that's like old school diehard. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, the guy comes up in the lift with the, the thing around his, his neck. And Dennis Francis' blood pressure must be through the roof, though. I mean, at this point, he must have sworn about 200 times. And he's still angry, even though they're solving problems here. You're not such an asshole after all. It's, I watched a t- TV edited version of Die Hard 2 um, on YouTube, with the best bits cut out in that line, you're not such an asshole after all. You're not such a rascal after all. <laughs> What's the reason for the general change in his opinion? Because I couldn't I couldn't work out why the general suddenly was like, oh, this guy's alright. Considering the rest of the film, he'd been cheering him out as much as uh, Franz had. He'd been jerking off that cocksucker. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what he was maybe doing. <laughs> he went in there and jerked off that cocksucker. Because <laughs> maybe if he can't control that loose cannon, <laughs> he's going to try and get him on his side. That's why. He's becoming an even fatter fat. <laughs> in one particular area. <laughs> How much do the bad guys in this scene not understand camouflage as well? Yeah. Like, this, the army team going with a white on, and then the bad guys are in the church wearing their kind of army clothes, then suddenly they change into an all-black uniform. <laughs> I guess an all-white backdrop. Yeah. Start smashing glass here as well again. Yeah, more smashing glass. Because, oh, Rennie Harlan. The good guys are always dressed in white. <laughs> the bad guys are always dressed in black. 
makes sense. That makes sense. <laughs> I needed it painted out to me exactly <laughs> who they were. This is Rennie Harlan. <laughs> we're like three quarters of the way through the film. I wasn't too sure which guys were the bad guys. <laughs> it, you noticed as well that everyone has machine guns except for Major Grant. Yep. <laughs> he has a tiny little pistol. But he's but, good with it, Grant. <laughs> He's good with it. He's good at jerking that cock. He exactly does cock that gun. It's never a loose cannon when he's in charge. <laughs> that McLean has balls. Some sort of balls. <laughs> <laughs> then we have the, the snowmobile chase. Oh, the most no, 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 no. Before Wait, that. Before right, that, okay. I think someone else has a favourite line in this film, doesn't they? When they go in and find all the C4. Oh, yes. Time for another machismo, machismo line. <laughs> And the guy, he must have honestly rehearsed this line about a dozen times and came out with it just this way. I found C4 and the motherfucker is armed. <laughs> I found C4 and the motherfucker is armed. I found C4 and the motherfucker is armed. No, no, let's say it in the deepest American accent. It's like, what is it like? You found C4, that's scary enough. Why yeah. do you need to add motherfucker? And the motherfucker is armed. It like if we'd found C4 and it wasn't armed. Oh, that's fine. It's <laughs> like Rennie Harlan all over. Talking about the snowmobiles, mm. the guy wouldn't have got shot if he hadn't stopped to look back. <laughs> Bruce he's Willis like, wouldn't have got his snowmobile. He's like <laughs> the, the bad guy in Roadhouse, he has to stop. If only he'd stopped to go, ha 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 this blah is... blah glass blah blah snowmobile blah blah invincible <laughs> that's the snowmobile chase yeah it's, it's the snowmobile chase when um, when he's driving along there's one brilliant scene of, of uh, Bruce Willis it's like it's just like he's out for a Sunday drive just like <laughs> dead, dead face he's just uh, just going along 30 miles an hour no, then it cuts to him actually on the snowmobile flying past at 60 <laughs> They like must, how cool is already, John McLean? They must have already gone over the jump at that bit as well. I love the jump that they all went over. Oh, the jump that they all is the jump that they all go over the one where they jump over the truck. No, that's. Or are you that's, talking about later on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, just as they uh, first like, just as they're leaving on the snowmobiles. Oh yeah, there's this little thing, jump. Yeah. It's, it's like a foot high or something. <laughs> it's filmed from underneath. But Rennie Harley makes it look about twenty feet. <laughs> Major Grant mentions balls here again. <laughs> <laughs> Was it in connection to jerking off that cocksucker? <laughs> Again, we've got the question here, though, is why does blowing up the church matter so much? Mm, yeah. You would have thought, like, it would have made sense if they'd set the C4 and it had been on, like, a really short timer. Mm. And then when the other people had went in, it had blown up. Because then you would have been like, oh, yeah, he's trying to get hide these tracks and get rid of the people that were going to chase him. But I suppose that... That wouldn't have worked because those guys are actually bad guys, as we find out at the end of the scene. So he takes the detonator with him, and Bruce Willis has got to try and track him down, yeah. get the detonator, so they can switch all the lights back on. I, I hate the end of this chase scene, and this was the bit that I was talking about earlier on when he jumps over the truck. Where, where did that truck come from? <laughs> it's there. It's just a road. It's on the there. road. <laughs> but doesn't he just jump over it? He explodes <laughs> over that truck because they shoot him to pieces. Um, and he just rolls away. Yeah, this weird pointless bit where one of the uh, Major Grant's men gets killed as well for being the only one that's not decided not to go in league with Colonel Stewart. Well, no, is that not... Because they had went on a mission without him. I thought it was... I, see, earlier on, when they first come in, 
they've talking. Uh, Bruce Willis goes and talks to the guy that runs the radio, who is the guy that gets killed, and he says, "No, no, I was just shipped in because mm-hmm. the guy that normally does it has appendicitis." And I thought, right, so he won't be in on the fact that they're going to screw up this mission on purpose. Mm-hmm. So then that was why they killed him in the truck. I thought that was why it was. All right, so he's new. Yeah, because he's not in on it. So they kill him. A subtle moment in this film. Yeah, I know. Eh? <laughs> but they could have just asked him to be in it. You know? Yeah. They didn't have to slit his throat as really graphic as that. Listen, we've got a secret cop. He's got called, some balls, called the Cocksucker Club. <laughs> You've got to jack me off, good. <laughs> you want to join our club? The initiation is... <laughs> There's a naked guy in there doing Tai Chi. <laughs> You're going to jerk up that cocksucker until he takes off. <laughs> See, that was kind of already for you. <laughs> so then he goes back to the station, Bruce Willis, because he knows there's something up. Mm. The bullets just don't work. I, I don't know if I missed something, but how did he know that the bullets didn't work? Because did he have one of the machine guns and he yes. tried to shoot him? Yes. Yeah, 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 that's right. He, they were shooting at him and they were hitting his skidoo. Mm-hmm. And he was shooting them, but he was missing. Could have been just because he was a terrible shot. Or because right. he was on a vehicle he, doing 60. <laughs> he refused to take either of those options. I'm Bruce Willis, I'm an all-American hero. He's there a, must be another explanation for this. Bullets must be fake. I'll prove this by trying to shoot somebody. <laughs> well, we, we, we thought that when we were watching it as well. Wouldn't the other cops just shoot him? Because yeah, there's like a shot of them like, from their kind of guns. Yeah. And you can see their guns are pointed at Bruce Willis. And you're like, as soon as he started pulling that trigger, you just blow him away. Dennis Franz was looking for any excuse, really, wasn't he? <laughs> was that? I remember thinking that at the cinema as well. But you know what? We've got about 20 minutes to go. Let's just get on with the plot. Let's go, go, go. Then a, a weird bit of casual racism from Marvin, the janitor. Where's this? Just like Iwo Jima. Yeah. Just like Iwo Jima. Uh, <laughs> nice. She clearly wasn't old enough to... Yeah, thanks, Marv. <laughs> Back in the basement for you, you sweaty fuck. <laughs> <laughs> there's, a, there's a great bit uh, kind of here where you see the, the doors getting opened to the, of the hangar where they've got the 747. Ah. Mm-hmm. And if you watch, like the other people that are in the scene, there's a guy, there's a guy just rolling a wheel past. <laughs> <laughs> what, what kind of use is that? Like, there's a guy pushing a truck away. Maybe there was something on that or something. There's a guy just rolling a big massive wheel along. There's a, All right. there's a bit. Surely that plane's now missing a wheel. It's maybe a game the terrorists play. <laughs> How far can you get a wheel? When they're waiting, you know. <laughs> There's a bit I noticed with an extra where they were evacuating the airport. Yeah. And there's yeah. one, and everyone's running along, and there's one guy that's clearly not running several years, and he's running really slowly love, and really comically. I do love watching the extras. <laughs> that bit is brilliant for it as well, because if you watch, there's some folk that have got big, massive smiles on their face, and then there's other people that are doing really overacting. Yeah. Right, like. <laughs> I mean, I noticed there was people dressed exactly the same. Two people standing <laughs> one in front of the other, dressed exactly the same tank top, uh, white shirt tank top. They're like, we'll stand together. We'll stand together, we could be twins. <laughs> Give ourselves a backstory. <laughs> We're lovers, we, we dress the same. <laughs> it's the 90s. This film's really about us and our struggle to get out of this airport. <laughs> Rennie, I think we should have a dog as well. <laughs> it would just taste of the dog. Why does. William Atherton's character want to broadcast knowing that it will cause his own death. Mm, I don't know. Because he likes fame more he than anything else. He likes fame more than living, more than breathing. <laughs> yes. I think we, we're meant to assume he's quite a dick. 
I just assumed he always assumed that he wasn't going to die. Yeah. He just never thinks he's going to die. <laughs> Why would he? He's William Atherton. <laughs> he's a dick. He's going to be famous. <laughs> well, he's not a dick. He has no dick. He has no dick. This man has no dick. And his name is Dick. <laughs> <laughs> There's more gl- glass smashing in the air for it as well. Love it. Oh, through so. the doors and things. Rennie Harlan's signature move. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's loads, eh? Jeez, I never realised how much glass breaking there was in this. We were, <laughs> we were watching it in 5-1 and you couldn't help listen <laughs> to the, the glass every two seconds. Shoots the glass. <laughs> Shoots the glass. <laughs> Did he look at the first Die Hard and think, what made Alan, this film great? Alan broken Rickman glass. Really wanted to shoot that glass. Let's do that. So that's what he took from the, the first film. None of the, the subtlety. None of the subtlety. <laughs> they missed a great uh, trick with the scene coming up where, like, after we see the, the Bruce Willis gets the, the news helicopter and they're chasing down the aeroplane as it's trying to take off and Bruce Willis jumps from the helicopter onto the, the wing like, wouldn't that have just been a really simple like little mention there where one of the guys in the plane went there's a man on the wing <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't the kind of ride he was looking for right? <laughs> <laughs> test of the reporter who clearly fancies him of course <laughs> it's Bruce Willis all American hero he's a hunk He's no fat fuck. <laughs> Speaking of Dennis Franz, I love the bit where they're about to drive to get on a helicopter and he smashes his police car in his taxi and he's like, damn it to hell, fuck, piece of shit, bastard. <laughs> <laughs> and he swear one's going to get away with in this scene. <laughs> An R rating, I don't fucking think so. <laughs> I want NC-17 for this motherfucker. <laughs> Dare he call me a fat fuck. <laughs> I have a little education in this that uh, I don't know about you guys, but I would have called them the flaps on the wings. No, ailerons. Ailerons. <laughs> and we get Holly tasering a guy on the plane. Yeah, which as his eyes stay open, you really think he's dead. <laughs> well, the, I don't think they research tasers at all. Like, A, you can take them on the plane, and B, that's not what happens when you shock somebody. Like, they tend to convulse about. Instead, he just, like you say, looks like he's he dead. Just falls down. He just falls down. Eyes are, potatoes. eyes are still. That's him. He's finished. She doesn't care anyway. No. Nah. She hates his guts. She just turns around and walks away. Yeah. <laughs> Flops her hair in the wind. <laughs> Swish. Yeah, the wind on the plane. <laughs> there was some fake snow and smashing glass there, too. Yep. She should have called him a fat fuck when she did that. <laughs> Take this, you fat fuck, cocksucker, piece of shit, bastard, she's motherfucker. The one, she's the one who doesn't swear. I don't remember her swearing. Even the old lady swears at the end. Yeah, that's right. God bless Bonnie Bedelia. What a scene. What a nice lady. The only nice person in this film. Even though she tasers a, a man. Well, he was a scumbag. So we get the big action movie ending. Yeah, the big which scene say, on the wing. The, the scene on the wing. <laughs> it's the main event, Grant. <laughs> it's the main event. That's In case the you <laughs> <laughs> It's the main event. <laughs> well, we have the warm-up fight first. Oh, yeah. yeah. Major Grant comes out first. What's he say? Something he says. Does he say ground control to Major Grant? <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen a plane that has uh, doors on the wing. Yeah, <laughs> they tend to be before and after, uh, uh, not yeah. actually where the wing attaches. Pointless. <laughs> 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 what he says to him is, "It's a shame, McLean. We could have been friends." I got enough friends. 
Oh, but before he goes out, does he not say the the general guy? The general says, I'll take him. Something like that. It's just something very him. homoerotic. <laughs> I'll take him. And his balls. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take that cocksucker. And I'll jerk him off until he's finished. <laughs> He won't be a motherfucker when I'm finished with him. <laughs> so that fight ends quite quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but it's the same fight twice. It because is. one, the first time, the bad guy ends up hanging off that bit. Yeah. And then the second time, the good guy ends up I hanging mean, off that mind, bit. These are two like ex-commando, military, <laughs> marine... He's a cop <laughs> from LA yeah. who needs to work out a bit more. I, I, was, expecting, I was expecting to see the, the whole... Because in the two of the films, at least, that we've done action films... There's been a scene where somebody that knows karate comes out and does all their fancy stuff, mm. and then they get a simple nut shot for the good guy. I was totally waiting for that to happen. I really thought that was going to happen, but it didn't. No. Which was good. <laughs> I'll give it props for that. I, mean, I suppose Colonel Stewart does get the best of him and throws him off the plane. Yeah. Before, not before he manages to pull open the fuel hatch. So which, that they can. Which I was saying to Grant, I mean, he must have been lying there thinking, you know what? If I knew that full hatch was there, I could have just pulled that first <laughs> and just fucked off the plane without getting my arse kicked. As soon as General Grant really came out, just slid down, pulled the full hatch, run. I'm off, see you later, mate. Bye. What's he up to? Alright, we'll leave him behind. It's probably not safe to stand out on a wing like this. We'll just take this coat out and go. <laughs> the Yippie Kaye line here doesn't work because there's no context to it either. <laughs> no. So he does set fire to the, the oil in it. No, the, the gas and it sets fire to the whole plane apparently manages to jump through air as well because yes. I was ex- I was thinking to myself this is going to have to go before it takes off because it's not going to be able to travel through the air burning all the way up but apparently it does and then the leads, end of the gas yeah it leads to the biggest explosion I've ever seen <laughs> again in slow-mo yep. loads of fire biggest sound effects you've ever heard <laughs> this film would have been an hour shorter without all the slow-mo <laughs> Than the breaking glass. If <laughs> just to get the breaking glass. <laughs> yeah. Take a drink every time there's breaking glass in this one. Your drinking game. <laughs> you'd be, you'd every be time someone hammered. swears, <laughs> you'd be hammered. But this plane crash was over pretty quick compared to the last one because they really milked yeah. the last one. They, they milked that for a good minute or so, make you feel the deaths. So the planes can now work out how it land. Yeah. Yeah. In burning fire. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, look, there's a fire. We'll <laughs> land on that. <laughs> Definitely safe. There's not going to be any wreckage or anything. <laughs> well, I think I'll just run over a terrorist. Oh, well. It's <laughs> <laughs> when you, you see them kind of coming in in like really quick succession, you go, that's not going to work. Because you're not going to be able to taxi anywhere no. once you get to the end of the runway. Yep, right so, what you're going to have is just more going... planes going into each other again and again. So it's going to be a pile up at the end. Instead, you see a, a nice little neat parking mm-hmm. lot at the end of all the little planes that are in place. And then the shoot coming down, which is a bit like airplane, a bit too yeah, much yeah, like yeah, airplane. Yeah, yeah. Right. We have the the holly holly line where he's screaming, and did you not think? There's really it's like Rocky. It's like There's <laughs> really tense, dramatic music as well, even though the the planes landed mm-hmm. fine. <laughs> And then when he sees her, though, it turns into the nicest romantic music you've ever heard. <laughs> and then the cameraman is like, God, it's beautiful. His balls, I mean. <laughs> I'd love to jack off that cocktail. <laughs> yeah, because she's a nice newscaster. She doesn't want it filmed. Yeah. She's lovely. So you, in the last film, you had... I'll turn up at the end. You know, you had Holly punching the newscaster mm-hmm. guy. Did you get that? Yeah. Which is William Atherton? Yes. Yep. And in this one... 
you get the old lady coming in for another one of her cameos. You get to fuck you, motherfucker. I'm not helping you. I think she just calls him an asshole. Oh. Who's that bit? Right, the old end. woman refuses to help him up well, he's lying because he's, li- he's lying on it. You're not even sure why he's lying on the ground, but he's, he's lying, lying on, on the ground. ground. That wasn't in my cup. Was it not? No, I didn't see that at all. The as soon as the plane landed, you saw him walking about screaming Holly. Then she came down the chute. He picked her up, and then there was the camera crew, oh, and then that was it. All the things. Did you see Dennis Franz then? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he's, I was going to talk about that. He's obviously taking a shit. Because <laughs> he's in a much better mood. <laughs> he's, he's got that pile cream. Yeah, yeah, he's got his anusol. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the old lady comes out and steps over him, calls him an asshole. <laughs> yeah, I didn't see that bit in that one. Well, Comedy goals. An edit or yeah. something. Maybe that was you, too many assholes for the red edit that I had. <laughs> you missed out. Yeah. But we do have a. It is very much like Al, who eventually manages to mm. meet when he gets down to the bottom, isn't it? In the first one. And then, except this time, it's... Uh, I just called him... I, yeah, I just called him Sipplewitz for the whole thing. <laughs> and he, he seems to have went, like, oh, there's all these planes coming in, you know, the terrorists are escaping. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to sit and go through this log of parking tickets and see if John McLean got any, because that'd be a nice thing to do for me. Yeah, he's waiting <laughs> on that traffic jam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His car's still impounded, though. <laughs> yeah, tearing up a parking ticket is just going to have no proof that that's his car. Yeah. <laughs> that's true. His brother-in-law is going to be furious by the time he gets home. He just uh, increased his fine. Airport security is quite lax. He can just go and get the car. <laughs> the kids can, yeah. That's my car there. I'll just get it. I'll just get that. They've not even put anything on the wheels or anything. <laughs> my keys are still in the ignition. Yeah, this is the nineties. <laughs> I just phone them on the earphone, then fax them. <laughs> so all in all, what do you think of the film? I've got to tell you, I do love this film. <laughs> I really do. Uh, you asked me earlier about Christmas films, I've got to tell you, this is one of the, the, the one film that I do watch every Christmas is Die Hard 2. They use the same song at the end, but it's not the same film as the first one. Not even close. All the things that made the first film important are not here. I agree. I agree with Bob. Like it is, it is a film that you can quite happily watch. I think it was uh, Roger Ebert was saying that um, he was... can go. He can get to fuck. <laughs> he gave this film a higher rating than the I first did. one. He did. And but what he does say is he says there's massive potholes in it, but it's terrifically entertaining. I thought there's there's better films than that that he gave worse reviews to. Well, it's the fact that he didn't give as good review to the first one, which is clearly a much better film. Yeah, it's a brilliant film. No, I hate cheese. <laughs> But I love cheese in my films. <laughs> and this is just chock full of it. It's, honestly, it's fantastic. <laughs> it's a good night in. But you should only watch it in company. I don't think you, yeah. you can watch it alone and still have a good time, but watching it with friends, it's a lot better. Yeah, which is different compared to the first one, mm-hmm. which is full of cheese, yet you can watch it quite happily as a good Christmas film. You can watch it any time of the year, though. Yeah. Well, well apparently, I've got a new summer player, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's not a block on it. I've only watched this at Christmas. Imagine my disappointment. I went to the cinema in the summer. Big thing on the screen. You can only watch this at Christmas. <laughs> you bastards! I paid at least we two will, pounds to get in at this. We will unlock the doors in two hours so you can get out. <laughs> in the meantime, some summer music. <laughs> Everybody's gone surfing. <laughs> Hot down, somewhere in the city. It might have just been the trailer for Hudson Hawk repeated every two minutes. <laughs> I don't know, I can't remember. It's a blur. Grant, what was your jump the shark moment then? Well, I had 
so many other problems with this. Uh, <laughs> the, the, like, the first one that kind of occurred to me was the fact that surely they could go to a nearby airport. They do kind of gloss over it, oh, there's some bad weather, but come on. <laughs> Apparently there's like 12 or so airports nearby that they could have gone to someone in and it said. Yeah. He's got too much free reign. He's, he can just go wherever he likes, and he does. He goes places where he shouldn't be going. <laughs> uh, he's not an underdog anymore. He's the big action star now. He can do anything, people can shoot him, and the bullets just bounce off. It's ridiculous. Uh, the villain is terrible. You don't know anyone who dies. There's there's no motion behind any of the deaths. It's just one death after another. Slow-mo, broken glass, steam, swearing. <laughs> the the action is boring. There's no tension. Because you've not invested in any of the characters, are you? Yeah. And John McClane is not who he should be. And so, for my sharp jumping moment, I've picked a moment where he goads the bad guy in a crash in the plane. Because he has caused the death of civilians by doing that. He is not a hero. No matter what he does from this point, he has caused their deaths. <laughs> it's hard to sympathise with him after he's it's done that. It's tainted him as a character forever from that point. And I find it strange as well that every subsequent Die Hard film has taken this film as their template rather than the first one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you look, at, you look at four, that's much more like two than it is like one, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Three as well. Mm-hmm. He's an all-American mm-hmm. asshole. <laughs> What so, were you, Bob? What was your jump the shark moment? Well, I knew what I was getting when I seen the, the church moment. When the old guy <laughs> was this when you saw it in the summer? Yep. Way back in yep. 1990. I knew exactly <laughs> what I was going to get when the old guy got killed in the church, the way it was set up, the way it was filmed, the dialogue. Yeah. You know, the quip. That, the quip. <laughs> you know. uh, but my jump the shark moment was definitely the bottleneck scene. <laughs> I just knew right away it's, it's too far, it's too dumb. You've, yeah, because you're right. You've had it. You've had it preceded by mm-hmm. the, the the church moment. It's too dumb, but I'm still enjoying it. Give me more. What about you, Ross? Well, I went for the same kind of. You know, if you were watching it as a casual viewer, and you were you were going along with it, the point for me that I just thought, whoa, this this isn't going to happen. Is the point where they have the most casual conversation on the plane, like when the the colonel guy that's that's been extradited comes in. And he lands and John McClane gets on the plane. Then he has this really casual conversation with him. And then the next scene is the, the grenade scene. With the ridiculously long fuse grenades. And then the ejector seat. And that's just, that's really pushing the boat out. That's like nuking the fridge. You're just like, no, I don't agree with anything in this. The flames would have torn up all your shirts. You're like, the fuses on the grenades would have gone off long before that. You would all have been dead. Yeah. <laughs> End of film. If you'd thrown that many grenades into the cockpit, yeah. it would have exploded slightly larger than the circumference that it did. But Bruce was using his super shield. Yeah. And all around him. <laughs> he had his shield on. His halo. <laughs> Bruce, I can see your halo. That's about us. Uh, hope you've enjoyed our Christmas edition. I hope you have a good Christmas yourself. You cocksuckers. Remember <laughs> <laughs> and pull a cracker. Yeah. <laughs> we'll be back with The Last Samurai, I think, after the new year. I'm sure you all managed to watch that before the next time. Well, thanks for joining us, Bob, you fat fuck. <laughs> fuck you, you motherfucker. <laughs>
Thanks for jerking us off and <laughs> 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 just being a general cocksucker. <laughs> I think this is probably going to be our most sweary edition. <laughs> We've earned this explicit tag. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to make sure we'll definitely tag this as explicit before it goes on. <laughs> if you want to follow us on Twitter, it's at Don't Jump Shark. And there's also a, a Facebook group now that you can do if you just search Don't Jump the Shark. Film podcast. There you go, film podcast. Well, that's it from us. Merry Christmas. Cheerio. Merry fucking Christmas, you motherfuckers. <laughs> you fat fucks. <laughs> <laughs>